rolled down my window and he was just telling me that like my lights weren't on. I hadn't turned my headlights on. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me? There are street lights. You know, it's just one of those things. It's such a normal thing that I found it so annoying. And like, I was like, oh my God, this guy is so desperate to keep talking to me. Oh like, my God. No, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, there must be something wrong with them. They just won't. Why are they so into me? Like they yeah. won't leave me alone. Yeah. Like get off my dick. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hello, everyone. Just quick little reminder. If you have questions or want to talk about coaching with me, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can also DM us, notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. And remember to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends and your loved ones and anyone else who needs it, even your enemies, because maybe they'll become better people and then they won't be your enemies anymore. Okay. Listener question for this week comes from someone, this is kind of unusual for the show, but who's actually in a relationship. Um, She went home with her boyfriend to meet his friends uh, and family for the first time. And there was going to be a huge block party for the 4th of July. And she said, I know I'm going to get tired and want to go home and I won't be able to. And all she wanted was to be able to impress his friends and not be kind of this party pooper. And... I told her, you know, first of all, do your best. If you're in the situation where you're maybe an introvert or you're tired or whatever and you have to go out with your significant other or on a date or meet someone's friends for the first time, first things first, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. So hydrate, pace your drinking, caffeinate. Make sure you do everything to put yourself in the best possible situation. Don't wear an outfit you've never worn before because you don't know what could happen. Don't wear shoes you've never worn before. Make sure everything's in place to make you as comfortable and happy as possible. Next thing is be honest with your partner or the person you're dating. Tell them, hey, I'm a little worried. I'm going to get tired. Is it going to be okay if I need a break to myself? If you're an introvert and you're at a party with someone, it's totally fine to take 15 minutes for yourself and recharge, look at your phone, close your eyes, meditate, go for a walk, tell them what you need. Don't just disappear. Don't have like a major miscommunication or throw a fit or get upset that they didn't ask you how you were doing. But tell them, I might need some time to recharge. A huge block party all day on the 4th of July in the hot sun is gonna be a lot with your friends and family and I wanna be at my absolute best. So if it's okay with you, I'm probably gonna need to take 15 minutes here and there just to sit by myself and drink some cold water. And they should be understanding once you've told them that. Then do the best you can and if you absolutely need to go home, take a break, just be honest and respectful and communicative. Like I said, don't disappear, don't throw a fit. But if you can be honest and upfront with your partner, especially in the beginning, about what you need to be comfortable, be happy, and sustainably have energy, tell them. Tell them. We don't communicate enough in the beginning of relationships. We pretend we're perfect and we have no needs. And then later on when it all comes out, they're like, but wait, don't you like me anymore? Because the first time I took you to a party, you stayed the whole time. If that's not who you are, don't set that up from the beginning. Be honest about who you are and what you need. Know yourself. Take care of yourself. You're a grown-up. Speak up for your needs. And... Everything will be fine. They'll love you. Hello, welcome. I am so excited for my guest today. Her name is Sean Mason, not spelled like you would think. It's S-I-A-N, which is just one of many fascinating things about you. Um, I first saw Sean perform stand-up 
a while ago and thought she was hilarious. Really, really refreshing and funny. So I'm actually so glad that you're here. Um, and then Sean wrote me like a pretty detailed email about a boy situation. And I said, why don't you come on the podcast? So here is Sean. Hello, Sean. Hi. How are you? I'm good. You're I'm looking good. way too fresh for Saturday oh, morning. Well, thank you. Your I stayed in last curled, night, so I rested. Oh, good yeah. for you. I stayed in too. What's my excuse? I don't have one. <laughs> I do not have one. Um, so Sean's here. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so open. A few things about you. How old are you? 29. 29. You've been in LA for how long? Four years. Four years. And you're from, you went to school in Chicago? Yes. Uh, went to school in Chicago and from Kentucky originally. From Kentucky originally. You're a stand-up comic, storyteller. Yeah, I actually haven't done stand-up for a while. That's a shame. Um, I think you're so good. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I am good at it. You are. Um, you really yes, are. Yes, that, that is uh, not why I stopped. I just stopped enjoying it. I Honestly, it was after I got sober. Mm-hmm. I, the validation of crowds laughing did a lot less for me when I was no longer like hating myself. That is so interesting. Yeah, so it started to feel a bit like um, very rote and very like the magician pulls off the trick and they laugh, you know? Yeah. And uh, it just wasn't super fulfilling anymore. And I took my writing in a direction that is still comedic, but also not specifically there to make you laugh. Right. Yeah. Totally. And you're yeah. a storyteller as well. Correct. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of prefer that anyway. Maybe that's what I liked about your stand-up is that it didn't feel like ba-da-ba. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know if you were sober at the time that I saw it. Possibly. Uh, I got sober in December 2016. So at that point, I'd been doing stand-up for about a year and a half. And I continued for almost a year after that. And you are sober. So you've been sober for two and a half years. Yeah. And are you like, do you go to a... Am I not supposed to ask that? It's anonymous. Um, so uh, the line, the general kind of principle with twelve-step programs uh-huh. is to remain anonymous, but it's also kind of up to that person. And I don't mind saying that I am in twelve-step programs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thinking of not—they don't want people in media to say that—or that was kind of the original idea. Because oh. a when it was originated, it was a lot more stigmatized, so you needed to kind of stay anonymous about mm-hmm. it. But also. Kind of the idea that a lot of people have is they don't want somebody publicly saying, oh, I'm in AA, I'm doing great. And then they relapse and people think AA doesn't work. Got it. Which is a little ridiculous because whenever I see like a celebrity relapse, I'm not like, well, that rehab must have sucked. Right. It's well, that- any program that you do, it's obviously up to you whether you succeed at it or not. Right. Exactly. And addiction is is a bitch, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. It, it's not something that you get sober and you beat it, you know. Yeah. It's every day. They say... You know, when I'm not working my program, my disease is doing push-ups, you know. Wow. So it's, uh, it's a disease of the mind that doesn't just go away when you get sober. Right, right. And how have you, I assume you feel better, are happier, yeah. are better off in your life since becoming sober. I won't go too much into your sure. sobriety because that's not yeah. really why we're here. But sure. it is interesting that you are dating sober and you found it to be a little different, a little mm-hmm. challenging maybe. And then I'll just go into the email that you sent me, which 
basically to sum it up was like I went on a date with a really nice guy didn't mm-hmm. really feel a spark how many dates did you go on with him we went on two dates two dates yeah on the second date you kissed yes and you were like meh not really yeah then you had a medical procedure so that gave mm-hmm. you a good way to kind of disappear oh yeah he checked in on you which is really nice mm-hmm. did you respond when he checked in on you not the first couple times well right the day of the procedure he checked in and I said yeah I'm doing good and then after that he had reached out a couple times and I didn't respond to those okay yeah. and then you went on a date with another guy that you had more of a spark with Mm-hmm. Did anything go anywhere with him? No, because um, then that was right before my surgery. And then after I was kind of recovering for a little bit and I reached back out to him to mm-hmm. see if he wanted to go out again, he was like, well, I actually kind of just started seeing somebody and I want to see where that goes. Got it. So, okay. Yeah. And then you reached out to me because you were like, I get the feeling that maybe I'm doing that thing where I sabotage myself and I'm not interested in someone who's interested in me. And you sent me this funny thing from Instagram that says, why you like toxic men and why good men feel vanilla to you. And so I'm assuming that's kind of what you were noticing in yourself. And then where, so then you were asking me, should I reach back out to this guy? Should I unghost the guy I ghosted, the nice right. guy? Yeah. Did you end up doing that? Well, so I did. Um, so he reached back out one more time. Wow, this guy was like, super into you. Well, yeah. And he, when he reached back out, he basically was saying like, look, I'm not trying to get you to go out with me again. Um, and honestly, you don't even have to explain anything. I just want to make sure you're okay because I haven't heard from you since the week of your surgery. And I know that that's like a big deal. Uh, so I just wanted to check on what you. What a nice person. I know. Oh, and so I did respond to that one. Um, I told him, hey, yeah, you know, I'm doing okay. And I was like, I'm really, really sorry for for ghosting. You're awesome and don't deserve that. And that's shitty. And I just, you know, I'm really sorry about that. And he was like, no worries, no hard feeling. Glad you're doing well, you know. And was just super mature about it. And just like the way that he was like just so kind and handled it so well. I was like, oh, maybe I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> messed that one up good good yeah. good yeah. awareness it's yeah. the first step as we know um and then what happened after that did you do anything about that no i haven't so yet. you were you were yeah. like maybe i messed it up and then you're like oh well yeah my fear is that if i reach out to him again well a i don't really know what to say if i were gonna be like so but do you want to go out again that you sounds know. right that sounds <laughs> Just, pretty right okay. yeah mm-hmm. um okay so then if we do that and then what if i go out with him and then i'm like oh no i was right i'm not into him and then i feel like an asshole for but at least you give him another chance yeah you know i would say if you're gonna give it another shot mm-hmm my general rule, as I always say, is three dates. Mm-hmm. So you would be starting over again. Okay. So that would mean three more dates. Sure. You're not allowed to go on one more date with him sure. and then be like, actually, no. Right. I would say okay. you need to be committed in your mind to giving it a full shot okay. and kind of let go of whatever you said no to earlier. Mm-hmm. So you would kind of have to be like, this is a new person and all I know about him is he's a really nice, good person and mm-hmm. I that is verifiable. Right. So, I mean, I think you should do it. Generally, I feel like I'm getting this a lot where people are like, well, I tried it one time and it didn't work, so mm-hmm. let me now not. And I may have even addressed this last week or something that I had someone that 
met a girl who then wasn't responding to him on Instagram, but was liking his stuff all the time. And he had already asked her out once and she didn't respond. So I was like, well, just ask her out again. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, like you reach back out, you ask them out again, you try one more time. I think we're way too afraid of like, I don't know, looking cool or standing on ceremony or not wanting to be weird. And I'm like, at the end of the day, if you end up with this person, that's just going to be a funny story about like how hard it was for you to get together and how they turned you down the first four times or whatever. Obviously, don't be pushy and annoying. But I do think like we're a little too concerned about being cool when we're talking about not that I necessarily believe in this, but the potential love of your life, you know? Right. Is like, are you really going to miss out on that? Yeah. Because you were standing on ceremony and didn't want to be annoying or cool. Or yeah. Whatever. Well, and the thing with that, when you mention, that's where I start to have like doubt about this person is where you mention like the potential love of your life because, you know, I mentioned I went out with that other guy mm-hmm. and not that that went anywhere necessarily, but it just the date that we had, I think I mentioned in the email, it wasn't necessarily like a spark. It was just like a certain ease of conversation. Uh-huh. Not that the other guy it was, it wasn't stilted conversation or anything. But the second guy, it just felt more fun talking to him. You know, like there was this, that feeling, you know, when you make a new friend Mm -hmm. and they're just so awesome and you hit it off so much, you're like, oh my God, this person is so awesome. Yeah. Like that's the feeling I want to have about somebody on a date, you know, and of just like talking to them is so much fun. Um, Not like we can have a good conversation and we can Mm -hmm. laugh and, you know, and I think, you know, we talked about like, I'm a funny person and I really, it's important to me that like in a partner that it's someone that also makes me laugh and that like because you know I'm a Leo I can sit there and be excited about my own jokes and laugh at myself (laughs) for days and days um if someone will let me but it's more fun to me when it's kind of a back and forth thing sure yeah so a few thoughts about that Because I, I do hear this a lot. And I, I hear the friend thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any friends that when you first met them, you didn't really hit it off? And you were like, I'm probably not going to like this person or this person's fine. And then over time and shared experience and whatever else, now you're really good friends? Or were all of your friends people you immediately hit it off with? Um, I mean, not all of my friends. But when I think of like the ones who are my favorite people to spend time with, mm-hmm. usually that is the case there are people that like right away I was like oh my gosh this person is so much fun so interesting because I I've actually used the friend analogy before Mm -hmm. because in my personal experience and also other people I've talked to generally when I meet someone that I'm like Mm -hmm. this person's amazing we Mm -hmm. hit it off right away Mm -hmm. they're gonna be my friend for life it's like a very big uh, Mm -hmm. explosion at the beginning and then it kind of burns out and I'm like oh well that was really fun there isn't much there long term. Whereas like I would say most of my close, close friends are people that were kind of a slow burn. Like I liked them Mm -hmm. enough. They didn't necessarily excite me all that much or we didn't think we had that much in common. And we kind of grew to like each other as people more. Because I do think a lot of um, shared sense of humor and making each other laugh, Mm -hmm. while it can be instantaneous with someone, I also think it can grow over time. And a lot of times, like the people you laugh hardest with, it's because you've known them for a really long time. So just a look from them Mm -hmm. or just being able to picture them in a certain situation or whatever it is, you laugh more and more with them and more and more easily as time goes on. I've always said like, yes, you want the person you're dating to have a sense of humor about themselves, about life, but a shared sense of humor where you're just cracking each other up all the time, I think Mm -hmm. grows out of time and shared experiences and getting comfortable and growing that chemistry together. 
And I do think that having that immediate chemistry can be very addictive and it feels really good right at the beginning, but it's not always the best indicator of a long-term bond or connection. Maybe with friends for you, Mm -hmm. it really is. But I would argue that in a relationship, you're looking for something a little different than just like, I have so much fun, Mm -hmm. because that will grow out of time. But we really want a partner, if you're looking for a Mm long-term partner, is stability, kindness, dependability, you know, saying, doing what they say they're going to do, all that should almost take precedence over that immediate spark, chemistry, connection, fun, laughter, which is great and feels great, Mm -hmm. but isn't necessarily an indicator of longevity. Yeah, I mean, I can I can see both sides of that for sure. Totally. And I definitely, as you were talking about, like I there have been people that I've met before that I thought like, oh, we're gonna be BF motherfucking Fs, mm-hmm. and then I like never saw them again. Right. So that yeah, I can definitely see that, and like I don't know, I guess I just get like you were saying, it is addictive, and I am an addict, mm-hmm. and that translates to every area of life and mm-hmm. wanting the quick payoff mm-hmm. rather than the delayed gratification. Totally. Um, so that's why I'm kind of like, oh. I'm, am I the issue here? And I think I am a little wary of going down that road of like, oh, but this person is like kind, stable, a good person. Let's see how it goes. Just because I've been like single for most of my adult life, but Mm -hmm. the last relationship I did have, it wasn't super long or serious. It was like five or six months, but it was very much that where it was like, oh, he checks all these boxes. And so I, and I want to be in a relationship, so I'm going to be with this guy. And like, it was clear that we were both kind of forcing it by the time, you know, after we broke up, I was like, oh, we were forcing that, you know? So that's my fear is that like, I'll end up in that situation again, where it's like, I don't want to walk away from something because of all the good things there. Um, But like, it's really hard to kind of be in a relationship with somebody where it's like, on paper, it's great. But there's just that kind of undefinable thing that's missing, you know. So I think now that you've been through that, Mm -hmm. you can kind of trust yourself to not do that again Mm -hmm. and to be like, yes, I want the good things that came from that. What do I not want from that? You know what I mean? Like, I think every time we go through a relationship or an experience, we get nervous about repeating that, which is totally valid. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to, or at least you can, especially because now at this point in your life, you're working so much on like awareness and knowing yourself and staying vigilant with yourself and not letting yourself just fall into patterns Mm -hmm. that like you can let go of that fear a little and trust yourself that like that's kind of in you now you know like the rings of a tree kind of thing of like that's been built into you now you know what that is you don't need to hold on to not letting that happen again I think you're gonna know I think you could look at the good things from that situation be like what was great about that what were the boxes that were checked because I can still have those Mm -hmm. without it also having to mean that I compromise this other part right You know, I think we have a tendency to, to, um, once we've had an experience to be like, well, then my options are black and white. My options are that or not that. Right. right. And it's like, but you can take parts of that Mm -hmm. and then incorporate something new. I have a theory that everyone needs to date at least one crazy, passionate, (laughs) terrible idea, emotionally overwrought, horrible Everyone needs to date one, like, checks all the boxes, boring, but that thing isn't there, but you stay in it too long Mm because you're like, I should be into this. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of find the person 
that is the happy medium. Mm -hmm. Maybe more than once for all of those things. But I do think like you can trust that it doesn't have to be the crazy or the too safe and nice and boring. You can go in the middle. And I would say like, yes, with this nice guy, if you go on three more dates with him and you're still not feeling it, absolutely. You know yourself. You can trust yourself. You don't have to give it six months. But you can kind of let go of the idea that like those are your two options. Like he's nice, so it must mean that I'm going to go down that road again. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a way to not. And I do think that not everyone is great right away. And like their comfort level can build over time. And he might be funnier and smarter than you even know. Mm -hmm. But he's just nervous because obviously he likes you a lot. So he's going to be a little on edge. He's not going to quite be himself. Also, if he can sense that like you're not into it and he kind of has to win you over a little, no one's going to be at their best when Mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to do. When they're like, let me just, it's like you with the comedy. It's like, let me get the laugh. Mm -hmm. Let me get the affirmative from this person. That's never going to be your best exhibit of yourself and that's why too like I think it relaxes people a lot when they're given compliments or they feel like they're doing a good job then they can relax you mm-hmm. know like uh this is like a really stupid example but I know someone who was trying to get into voiceover okay? okay and they had like a few lessons with this teacher and she would always be really harsh and they were like I don't want to I don't think I want to do this and they had been like so into the idea before mm-hmm. And then they finally had a lesson where all of a sudden in the middle of the lesson, the teacher was like, that was amazing. You're doing great. And then they got away from the lesson and wanted to do all their homework and overperform and do, because it's like, sometimes all we need is that like, you're doing a good job, even if we're not, to be like, I want to keep doing a good job. And that's why I'm always telling people on dates to like flirt, even if you're not totally feeling it or make the person feel like you're into them, even if you're not. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's leading someone on. I think it's doing them a favor of like allowing them to shine in a way they couldn't when they felt like they weren't doing well. Yeah, I think so many things popped out of me about what you were just saying. But one of the things was like that when he, it seemed like was kind of like trying to win me over or something like that. I'm used to being in that, on Mm -hmm. that side of things. And so it's like twofold where when someone is just like nice to me and shows that they like me and I haven't had to win that over, it doesn't feel as much of a payoff. It's just like, totally, I didn't do it. Like it, the excitement of winning someone over is also addictive. And just bit like from my relationship history, that's where I've, that's the side I've been on. And so that's kind of what I'm used to. So it feels like, oh, this doesn't feel right. This feels like not. Right. thing you know it's not I'm not winning a game here you know and also when someone is in that role and like trying to win me over it's off-putting because it's like I see that part of myself that I don't like mm. in them and then that's when you get that like irrational annoyance with them where something that you would think is sweet if you were into the person that they do you're like oh my fucking god like leave me yeah. alone. you know like we that second date when we left the restaurant we had both driven separately so we were pulling out of the parking lot and he was in front of me and we were going the same way down the street and he stopped and like I rolled down my window and he was just telling me that like my lights weren't on I hadn't turned my headlights on and I'm like oh okay like <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me there are street lights you know it's just one of those it's such a normal thing that I found it so annoying and like I was like, oh my God, this guy is so desperate to keep talking to me. (laughs) Oh my God. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, there must be something wrong with them. They just won't. Why are they so into me? Like they won't leave me alone. Like get off my dick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then like when we kissed that night, it wasn't like, 
it was clear, you know, that he was doing the thing where he was like, I got to make it happen, you know, like, I know, but I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) in that moment, I'm so like, all right, dude, I get it. Like, you want to kiss me? And then like, we did kiss and then like, he wanted like another kiss before I left. And like, I felt like it was one of those things where we kissed, but I was trying to pull away, but he was trying to keep kissing me. And it was just like, oh my God, dude, like, I'm trying to leave. I want to go home and see my dog. Oh my God. (laughs) Which I know is like so stupid, but that's where my brain is. And that's the thing that when I'm like, am I into this guy or not? Like those moments of like, ugh, replay in my head. Is it ugh, like the annoyance at him trying so hard? Or is it like you are physically repulsed by him? It's not physical repulsion, and it's not even, like, annoying. It's just this irrational thing in my brain that is just... It is 100%. Because this is something I've learned in the last couple years, is, like, when I'm judging others, I'm judging myself. Totally. Whether it's a present version, a past version of myself, something that I don't like in myself. Mm -hmm. And so I see the version of me that has done this shit before. And I'm judging her, so I'm judging him. And it's like, I can sit here and recognize that Mm -hmm. theoretically, but it takes time to like internalize it and act differently on that information. Right. I wonder too, and I could be totally off base with this, but I kind of have a theory that uh, willpower is kind of its own muscle. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're using so much of your, I don't know if, if you would refer to it as willpower, but you're being such a good girl in so Mm. many aspects of your life and like not feeding this addiction Mm -hmm. and working on that, Mm -hmm. that maybe in other areas of your life, you still want to kind of be bad or not do the good thing that you're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that does kind of make sense just to go into a little bit of like my dating history. I, before I ever got sober, I had already kind of quit doing like the whole casual sex thing Mm -hmm. because I basically my early twenties was just a lot of partying and a lot of fucking and a lot of, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) no, (laughs) I mean, no, there were some good times in there, but yeah, but it was a lot of like, I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't like myself. So I needed to get that validation from men and from sex from whoever would have me Mm -hmm. kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, which turned out to be a lot of assholes a lot of times. Some good dudes in there as well. And then obviously I was not very nice to them Mm -hmm. probably. Mm -hmm. Because this this ghosting a good person is not the first time. This is like, this is a pattern for me. And that's why Because also like like you said, as a performer and an artist too, like there is something so, feels so good about having to earn Mm -hmm. someone's- Someone's affection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't have to- earn it you're like I didn't even perform yet why are you clapping yes you know exactly it's like yeah that, that must not actually be for me mm-hmm. they're just doing that mm-hmm. you're just doing they, it to be nice they just think they're supposed to do that right yeah right. yeah and um but yeah so I I did a lot of like kind of sleeping with random guys and then I was always trying to turn these casual sex relationships into something more but it was like oh it's cool whatever like what you know casual is fine yeah. whatever but like deep down really wanted a relationship and so every time it wasn't happening, it was like this big, it was really hurtful, you know? Um, and so I, I stopped doing that because I was like, I can't, basically it, it blew up with one particular guy who like, he and I were sleeping together on and off for like six months and we were friends, but then he would always be publicly dating some, some girl, but then 
sleeping with a bunch of other people too. Love it. Because it was never like an official girlfriend. It's just right. the person he would go out with and stuff. Right. And I was never that girl. I was the girl that in public we were just friends, but we had this amazing chemistry and like, you know, we both had so many issues, but I like loved him and was so like, oh my God, someday we'll both deal with our issues and it'll be perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that blew up in like, like just... I won't go into it. It was, but it was a botched threesome with the girl he was publicly dating at oh, the same Lord. time. Yeah, oh, no. um, that like just didn't happen because it was his idea. But then he went to sleep. It was a whole thing. But I walked away from that feeling so shitty, and it was kind of the sort of bottoming out of that behavior. The, yeah, like I can't keep doing this anymore because I feel so terrible, and like realizing that I could leave that situation. It was the first time I realized. You know, if I'm not comfortable, if someone doesn't make me feel good, like if someone makes me feel shitty, I can just leave, Mm -hmm. like literally physically leave the apartment. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so that was when I was kind of like, you know, I'm not going to do this shit anymore. Um, But then after that, I didn't have sex for a long time (laughs) because, you know. Sure. When you when you raise your standards, you end all, up, of sudden, it, it's, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, in the desert. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So then, shortly after that, I moved to LA, and then I about a year after I got here, started dating the guy I mentioned earlier, the the check boxes guy, and I kind of was like, oh yeah, that's great. Like I have it figured out. I'm not doing the toxic behavior anymore. Sure. You know? Yeah. Because you overcorrected. Right. And yeah. So I overcorrected. After him, I got sober, so then I wasn't dating at all for a while in early sobriety. And then since then, it's like, going back to what you were saying about kind of wanting to be bad a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's this thing where I know kind of what I'm supposed to do. And it's not that I want to do the bad thing again so much. It's that I wish the bad thing felt as good as it used to. You know, like, I wish that I still got something out of casual sex, because it's Mm -hmm. like... I do really want to, like, just kind of have a hoe phase again, you know? You, can you not? I mean, it might be different now that you're sober. Well, and that's kind of the question that I've been thinking of lately is, like, would it actually be fun now? Like, or would it just be that kind of empty feeling that it used to I be? mean, it might be, but the yeah. good thing about it is you can try it and then decide you still don't like it. Yeah. But I do think it might be interesting now that, that you won't be, you know, drunk or whatever right. for it. Right. You'll be aware of how it's actually making you feel in the moment you also probably be able to make better choices in general about who you do it with and if you willingly make a bad choice you know you did that too we've all done that we're like this is a horrible idea i'm gonna do it anyway and the nice thing is like obviously i wouldn't want you to get emotionally damaged or anything like that Mm -hmm. but my general uh feeling is that you will survive and you won't die and you'll be fine so like why not go fuck yeah. things up a little bit, especially because you've been on such good behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like just trying it out and seeing. And if you feel like, you know, sometimes holding the reins a little too tightly on yourself mm-hmm. just makes you not do anything mm-hmm. or just just takes the joy out of everything. And it's like, at least if you went and tried it again and then right. you still didn't like it, then right. you would know yeah. that you don't like it. But now you're probably... you're. Because also, sometimes we do need a reminder of like, am I sure that thing doesn't work for me? Like, right, let me right. just go try it out again. And then, yeah, you can, you know, you can always go through phases too where you're like, right now I'm in a hoe phase and mm-hmm. now I'm in a not hoe phase. Mm-hmm. And like, it also might, this is not a reason to do it, but it might make you appreciate nice guys again more. Yeah. And the other thing I would say about like the um, guy you dated for six months who checked the boxes mm-hmm. but was boring is like, 
you're also in a different phase of your life now mm-hmm. and you're older you're also ho- hopefully wiser and mm-hmm. you're sober mm-hmm. so you might now find like i can say using myself that my boyfriend i wouldn't have dated him when i was like 28 and being mm-hmm. a hoe you know what i mean <laughs> like i i'm ready for him now i wasn't ready for him then i had a really great boyfriend who was boring and checked all the boxes I don't think he was right for me anyway, but I also know that I wasn't in the right place in my life to appreciate someone like that. Mm -hmm. I needed like seven more years of dating all the wrong people Mm -hmm. to appreciate what I have now, you know, and to be like, this is what I want. I don't want to be back out there, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that lately and I even... I'm on a few dating apps and I even got on, have you heard of Field? Yes. Okay, so I'm on Field. Let's talk about it for people who don't know. It's for... It's spelled Mm F-E-E-L-D and it's sort of, it's like a dating app, but it's, it leans more towards sex. Yeah. And it's also like for different situations, right? Like poly, threesomes, maybe. I think it originally started out for like, couples to find people to mm-hmm. be their third okay, you know yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was the original thing but then it just became like if you just have a certain thing you're looking for yeah. you know if you're yeah. really into uh I won't lie my big thing on there is I'm really into bisexual men interesting like, I find that very attractive really and, yeah yeah because I okay so getting into, Let's get uh, into it. my fantasy life yes um, please I guess my my sexual holy grail uh, would be like a threesome with two bisexual dudes, dudes. yeah because it sounds like a threesome sounds fun but I'm just not into women I just it's just not a thing and a threesome with two dudes like that are straight and aren't gonna like help each other out just sounds really stressful mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. a lot those are Two dicks being entirely my responsibility. Yeah, it's that's just a not, lot. It's I just don't. Much, I can't. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And also, like, I think something like that just would be more fun if all people involved are enjoying each other. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, I also, there's something also that I just find really attractive about, like, men who are bi because it's been kind of stigmatized mm-hmm. and... It's a lot like, you know, when guys say they're bi, people are just like, oh, he's just gay and confused or whatever. Right, you know, right. it's been kind of erased. And so I think there's something really like mature and evolved and courageous about saying, yes, this is who I am. And yeah. so like that kind of already tells me something about that person that mm-hmm. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, a growing market for what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Because I, so. I mean, like I listen to a lot of Savage Love mm-hmm. and, I, and I know too that because they've been stigmatized a bit, bisexual mm-hmm. men are like, when am I going to find someone who doesn't have a problem with this? In fact, who even likes it and right. will support me in it. And so I think that's great. I think that's a really great niche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I went on that app to kind of go back to what we were talking about of like, should I have a hoe phase or, you know. So I went on that app. It was actually like not that long after I had surgery. So it was kind of one of those things where I went on there. I was like, but I can't have sex anytime soon. Right. I'm like just, I had surgery two months ago and I'm just now thinking maybe I could have sex with somebody because I started physical therapy. Um, so I went on there just because I was like super horny, to be honest. And when I think about like just hooking up with somebody in like a more casual way, I think my issue isn't just like, oh, would it feel empty? Would it feel shitty? Mm -hmm. But also I don't think I could like get excited to hook up with somebody who I didn't also like as a person. Mm -hmm. Whereas it used to just be like, oh, they're hot. They're an idiot, but they're hot. I mean, one of the, like the best 
friends with benefits that I ever had who had like a magic dick was like such an idiot. <laughs> Sweet man, such an idiot. Um, and I hated spending time with him because he would make me watch HGTV. <laughs> oh my God, I love HGTV. <laughs> well, so he was an electrician. And so he Aww. would put on like HGTV and like talk to me about what they were doing as if I understood any of his contractor oh, talk. you're not supposed I, to care. I know. And yeah. it's like I would get to his house and like we always would just like get high and have sex. and But then he'd like put on HGTV. I'm like... I came here for two things, <laughs> and this is neither of them. Oh, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so but like things like that, I can't get excited about somebody that I don't feel some sort of emotional or intellectual connection with. So then it's kind of like, well, at that point, why don't I just date that person? Right. You know, it's kind of hard to like be like, oh, I'm just gonna hoe it up because anyone that I would want to have sex with, I would probably want to at least try going on a couple dates with them sure, too. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's tough. Yeah. Are you in a lot of situations where you could meet people? Um, well, that's kind of one of the challenges with sober dating mm-hmm. is, yeah, you're not out at bars, right. you know. But one of the upsides is that you, I think, at least for me, being sober, I engage more in life. You know, just like taking more writing classes or other things, you know, doing things that I care about where I would be more likely to meet somebody who has that similar interest or value that I have. So there's that, but it's not, there's not a ton, you know, like I'll take a writing class and there'll be like two dudes. Right. You know, and and I also, I'm trying not to do the thing that I've always done where any new situation I show up to, I'm like looking for the single men. Yeah, yeah, yeah picturing myself with each of them be like hmm how about that one how about that one oh that one has a ring you know like I'm trying not to do that with everything because then it's like if anything were going to happen now there's all this pressure on it and if not it's just not I don't know it just doesn't feel like a healthy way to walk into a room I mean it's what I always did but that's just (laughs) my obsession um did you so how was field or how is field for you have you met people from it I met one guy from it Mm -hmm. um because he and I chatted a little bit on the app and like thought he was pretty funny and on his profile he kind of said like I'm open to anything even friends or dating or whatever Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and during that time on my profile I put like I just had back surgery so I'm like physically out of commission right now but you know browsing whatever and he was like oh I would ask you to get a drink but I see you don't drink and you just had surgery and uh I said I did but like if you wanted to hang out like a date you know without sex like that'd be fine. But if not, I get it. And he was like, no, I'd, I'd go out. And we did. Um, and it was okay. It, it took him a minute to get comfortable, you know, and so it was a little stilted. And then it got better. And we talked about going out again. But then we were kind of texting and it just kind of fell off. <laughs> I said something that I feel like was kind, it was kind of dumb, but it was also kind of just me not having some obscure knowledge that he had. And I'm like, I don't know if that was a turnoff for him, but he never replied after that. So yeah, I never think too much. Into yeah, those I was things. just and like I would have gone out with him again, but I also wasn't super like, oh my god, this guy. So right. I didn't really right. I so didn't, didn't chase it, it. Yeah. How did you meet the nice guy? Okay, Cupid. And are you still on there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, OkCupid is actually, I know a lot of people don't like it. No, I've heard, I hear I, great things okay. about it. Um, I mean, I know some people don't, but I, I yeah. generally like it because I think it just requires a little more effort, which I like. It does, yeah, which I prefer as well. Because um, you just, you get a, more information about a person. You can get a better feel for just kind of their general vibe mm-hmm. rather than just, I like tacos and surfing, you know. It's like, okay, well, 
Welcome to Southern California. Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah. So OkCupid has kind of always been like my old, old trusty standby, you know, even before the apps when it was just like online on your computer, you go on. And I've met a lot of guys from it during my hoe phase. A lot of mm-hmm. them came from OkCupid. And actually the ex, the boring checkbox guy was from OkCupid. So mm. I've been on a few dates with people from other apps, but that's kind of been the main. That's the one. That's the main one that I've found. But I think you could probably revisit Field now that you're back in commission a bit. Yeah. I hear your concerns about not thinking you want to sleep with someone that you don't want to date. Mm-hmm. That's probably true, but I generally like to encourage people to challenge their own what they think is going to happen. And like, if you were wrong or if you were right, great, you'll find out, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's a new phase of your life. You're coming back into your body, you know, like you could also always start sleeping with someone and then grow feelings for them. Right. That happens. So, I mean, it sounds to me in general like you just need more activity going on in Mm -hmm. your dating life. And whether it's the nice guy or the guys from field or whatever, like you just need a bigger sample size Mm -hmm. and you just need more experiences now that, because you've had like some major things happen in your life. And so you're kind of like a little timid about going back out there, but things could be very different now. Like you could find yourself attracted to someone totally different than you would have been before, you know, Mm -hmm. or so I would encourage you not to spend too much time like overanalyzing at home about like who is worth your time and who isn't, Mm -hmm. but just especially because like you're not going out to bars a lot, you know, you have an office job that's like nine to five, right? Mm -hmm. So just to have some more experiences and to like have fun again, you know, because you are, even if you're not doing stand up, you're an entertainer, you're a storyteller, you have a sense of humor about life. Mm -hmm. So even just as like fun times to meet new people, I think it would be good for you to get Mm -hmm. some more. And if you are going to end up appreciating someone who treats you well and is different than before, Mm -hmm. you need a few different experiences to have before you're going to get to that point. Because, I mean, you're almost like a totally different person than you were in a way. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's why this is really good timing for me to like come talk to you Mm -hmm. and and do this just because with having, having gotten sober and then getting back into the dating pool and literally like right at that same time was when I, um, well, I've had these back issues for years, but when it got really bad and it got to the point where I decided I needed surgery, you know? So it was like, I was kind of getting back out there, but then I had this physical limitation Mm -hmm. for the last almost year, you know? And now I'm kind of just like you're saying, coming back into my body and like, also, you know, having this physical limitation where I haven't been able to exercise like I used mm-hmm. to, I put on a lot of weight, so I don't always feel great about my body. And that's just a whole other layer of the whole thing that I've always been, you know, my weight's gone up and down, but I've always been uh, in the chubby category, you know, which makes dating men hard <laughs> sometimes, um, whether it's the reality or just my perception, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it doesn't sound like you have a hard time getting men to be interested in you. That does not sound like the issue. Um, it sounds like maybe well, you aren't believing it or thinking you deserve it or you're like, yeah. why do you like me? Yeah. But it doesn't actually sound like they don't like you. Well, I mean, there are a lot that don't, you know. Sure, like, but that's they, for everyone. Yeah. You can't be everyone's cup Right, of tea. right. I think it's that whenever someone's not interested in me, mm-hmm. like my assumption is that. Yes, and it's, that's on you. Yeah. That's not actually them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So like dealing with that and like trying to feel good about my body, knowing that like 
yeah, once I fully recover, I'll get back in the gym and I'll probably drop some of this weight, but also like I've never been super thin, super model, you know, so getting comfortable with my body and like. I also think, and I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I also think like sex or being sexual with someone Mm -hmm. can be another way into your body and your Mm -hmm. sexiness and your sexuality. And it's not necessarily that you need to wait till you feel sexy to have sex again. Sure. It might be that having intimate encounters will show you that you're still sexy and that you are sexy and that not that you need another person to validate you, but allowing yourself to just be like, I'm not going to try and date this person. Mm -hmm. I'm just doing this to like feel my body again Mm -hmm. and to like have a good time and have someone come worship my body. And like, I can't do that many acrobatics right now. So I'm going to lie here and be a pillow princess and (laughs) you go ahead and worship my body. (laughs) And like, that could be enough to kickstart these other things. You know what I mean? Like, it seems a little Mm -hmm. bit like you've been in kind of almost like a hibernation period Mm -hmm. and it's time to kind of shake it off and that doesn't always happen by slowly wading into the water you know and like slowly waiting for when I go back to the gym or when I feel better or when I have more energy or whatever sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. and get out there yeah, there is definitely a little bit of that. Oh, well, when this thing happens, when that thing happens. Yeah. And, I, and it's I, an easy excuse to not. If I'm like, mm, should I do this? Should I not? It's like an easy check in the no column to be like, okay, I won't. Yeah, you know. totally. I'd much yeah. rather say what I'm doing. Yeah. And also, like, I think people have that misconception a lot of like, well, I shouldn't date until... I am this as a person, or mm-hmm. I am that, or I have done this, or I should be 100% well. And mm-hmm. it's like, no one is 100% well. No one is perfect. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that people get into couples and they do annoying fitness challenges <laughs> and we're keto now oh, and Jesus. like all this bullshit. Yeah. No offense to anyone, kind of. I was going to um, say offense. 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 Maybe offense. But okay. the reason is like, No one is where they want to be when they get into a relationship. Hopefully the person you're with inspires you Mm -hmm. to take better care of yourself, to be Mm -hmm. healthier, to want to exercise with them. Or I exercise now in competition with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Don't tell him. But whenever he's like, I'm going to work out, I'm like, no, I'm going to work out. Because like, (laughs) you're not allowed to be hotter than me. So like, you know, for whatever reason it is, having another person that we're accountable to can also be Mm -hmm. helpful. So I just think it's a misconception of like, let me be where I want career-wise. Let me be where I want financially. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes the partnership is what helps you get there. And not that you should be looking for someone else to save you or change Mm -hmm. you, but to know that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be exactly where you want to be to deserve Mm -hmm. having someone else in your life. Yeah, and I think I think one of the like challenges for me in terms of like emotional intimacy and finding that is that like that wanting to be perfect, not even necessarily because I think that's what's necessary for a relationship, but because I don't want to let someone see the things that I want to work on, you know? Yeah. Like I want to like I'm one of those people where I will totally share past struggles. I'll tell you all about what a stupid alcoholic and drug addict I was Mm -hmm. because I'm not doing that anymore. Right. But something that I'm currently doing that I don't love about myself, Mm -hmm. like I don't want to let anyone see that. But don't you you think, I mean, like I really think it's such a gift to other people Mm -hmm. when you can be like, I'm struggling with this thing or like, I don't like this about myself. That allows them to then be imperfect. You know, it's like the nice Mm -hmm. guy we're calling him the nice guy. Um, mm-hmm. 
felt like he had to impress you, impress you, impress you. Mm-hmm. And if you could have let your guard down a little or showed him your imperfections or whatever, mm-hmm. everyone can relax. And then you can be human beings and then you can have a shared sense of humor and then mm-hmm. you can be idiots together and everyone can relax when everyone's like, I'm not perfect. Right. And like, I'm not there yet, you know, yeah. and like probably never will be. Yeah. And I just think I really want you to give him another chance. Um, Not because I think, oh, you're going to end up with him and you need to, but mm-hmm. just because like... I want you to really push on this idea of like someone liking you must mean they're not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, I yeah. always say the most attractive thing a person could do is be smart enough to be attracted to you. So mm-hmm. you need to start thinking differently that if someone's attracted to you, that says something really good about them. Mm-hmm. Not they're not worthy of you. Not right. they're not smart or right. they've got something wrong. Right. But that like them being attracted to you should be a yes box, should be a like, Yes, that's yeah. number one. The person should be smart enough to worship me. I'm amazing. Yeah. And like, you're amazing. Yeah. You know, like you. you are. And so I, I just don't think you need to be waiting to achieve this thing that will then make you worthy of other mm-hmm. people. Like, let them like you as you are, you know, and accept that like that means good things about them, not bad. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's so funny because I, when someone like, I feel rejected by someone, I can go into that. Well, I'm amazing. What's yes, wrong with you? Yes, Fuck you yes, then. You yes, know? Yes. But I have trouble with that when someone likes me or it'll be like, well, yeah, of course he likes me. Like, cause I'm amazing. But like, what like, else does he bring to the table? Yeah, yeah. Or like, yeah, I don't know. It's just like. Sometimes all they need to bring to the table in the beginning is the mm-hmm. appropriate amount of worship for you. <laughs> And you deserve that. You know what I mean? It is. It's like this funny thing of like needing to achieve something Mm -hmm. or like nothing is worth it unless we have to fight for it. Mm -hmm. Or like it just feels so much better when like we've earned it and we don't just want to get the thing that we deserve from the beginning because we're like, well, then that's not fun. Yeah, I think, I mean, and honestly, it is just a matter of breaking patterns. Yeah, totally. Like, my first high school relationship was an older guy who I always felt like I had to keep winning him over and keep him from stepping out on me Mm -hmm. and, you know, and was just a very manipulative person. And I think that really, not to say like, oh, 15 years later, that's still having, that I'm still like upset about that, but it's just imprints this. Yes pattern of like that's yeah. what love feels like love feels like right. having to keep someone here love feels like right. not being good right. enough that the rush of winning yes. someone over is that's that's, that's what love is yeah. you know um yeah. I also think I mean I think as a, a culture too we're always like don't be afraid of failure and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't think we are afraid of failure I think we're way more afraid of success I think it's so much more like you said like it's easy for you to talk yourself up when someone mm-hmm. has rejected you mm-hmm. because we have something that happens in us as humans to fight back against like giving up or like being rejected. But for some reason, when we're getting the yes, we're like, no, something is wrong. You can't get the yes and be like, yes, I deserve this. If we get the yes, we're like, I don't know if I really want it. Yeah, that makes sense. And it reminds me of not to, like you said, this is not about my sobriety, but it all ties. Mm, It all ties in. And there's, 
you know, this feeling that I had, like when I first got sober, that was like, even though this, it was the thing that I wanted for a while, I wanted to be able to be sober. And I knew that there was an issue and I knew, you know, what effect it was having on my life. Drinking and using, at least I know what that life looks like. Right. You know, going down the sober path was actually kind of scarier because I have no idea what living that way mm-hmm. would look like, mm-hmm. you know. And so even though it's ultimately better and I'm really grateful and it's a really like important part of my life, initially it was like, this is actually scarier than... You know, before I was miserable, but it was comfortable, comfortable misery. It was a misery you knew. Yeah, exactly. It was the devil I knew rather than like going through life sober is hard. It's Mm -hmm. really difficult, you know, and uh, even like, you know, my, my grandmother passed recently and this is the first time I've had to grieve in sobriety Mm. and, you know, all these things that feel brand new because it's like I'm a fucking baby, you know, like all these years I've just numbed a lot of these feelings So it's like all these things that I'm experiencing kind of for the first time in a real way. And I think that definitely has had an effect on my dating life because it's been a little, it's harder to trust my feelings and just go for things. Like you were saying, just get more experiences because at least before, like if I'm drunk, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, when I'm not, it's like I'm in my head and I'm trying to like, is this the right thing to do? Is this, you know, what would my sponsor think about this? Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if I could have a couple shots of tequila, I would just be like, let's do this. Yeah. And then I would, you know, have the experience. So that's kind of the new challenge to navigate. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I say to people a lot when I'm like giving them advice about their online techniques, mm-hmm. I'm like, swipe as if you had three shots of tequila. <laughs> you don't have to actually have them. Right, right. But as if it's that mindset of like lowering the yeah. wall of like what is right and wrong mm-hmm. and just kind of going like free. I call it also like vacation mode mm-hmm. of just like, you don't have to be drunk, but you have to be in a like, not everything has to be right and correct and you know proper all the time i can make some consciously wrong decisions Mm -hmm. just to have the experience or just to see what a new person is like you know like you're not actually risking that much by just having experiences it just feels like we are because we've been taught like do things right don't do Mm -hmm. things this way this is bad this is good and it's like i just say embrace the experience i want to talk a little about what you said about the high school boyfriend sure. of like being used to love is achieving love is trying not to get left love is this and that and i think like yes that's a that's something you're familiar with so that's what you're looking for again and i know like if someone likes you from the beginning it doesn't feel like you have to achieve anything mm-hmm. but i just want to tell you that if you actually get into a relationship with someone who likes you don't worry. Like eventually they're going to figure out what's wrong with you. <laughs> and then you are going to have to earn things again. Like, yes, in the beginning they will blindly be obsessed with you. But as you two become comfortable and become people together, there's plenty of challenges. There's plenty yeah. of things you need to achieve. And I wouldn't say you have to keep them from leaving you all the time. But you do have to kind of be like, I'm not perfect. And mm-hmm. there, there's new challenges that come. It also yeah. becomes a challenge of, which is a different kind of challenge but I think a more fun challenge of like how do I continue to be even better and better in this relationship rather than how do I just not lose this relationship you know or how do I make them like me it's like they already like me how do I now be an even better and better partner to them Mm -hmm. kind of and how do I accept them being a good partner to me which can be a challenge for someone like you a lot of us that got used to I have to be fighting for them all the time Mm -hmm. it's a challenge within itself to be like 
what if I just sit here and I don't have to fight for them? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's a scary feeling. And sometimes you want to throw it away because you're like, this must mean it's not real. It's not good if I don't have to do anything. Right. And the idea like that you were talking about of later on them kind of seeing the cracks, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that is scarier because I'm invested by then. Right. And it's easier, you know. like you said, if it's the thing you know of like just keeping them at arm's length mm-hmm. or being rejected by them is easier mm-hmm. than being loved by them. And then what if you get rejected later when you actually care? Right, right, exactly. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying about, like, not wanting to be fully seen, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. wanting to kind of portray a certain, oh, I am a strong, sober woman, and I've got it together, and I've got my own place, and I've got a cool dog, and all this stuff, you know, but it's also like, but also my sink is full of dishes, and, you know, um, all this other, these other little things that aren't really a big deal, but because of something there's some other historical thing within me that makes me feel more ashamed of them. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to see that part. So that kind of goes back to feeling like, well, once I learn how to keep my apartment clean all the time, yeah. you know, yeah. then I yeah. can have someone over here or, you know. But then like what a hard thing for them to keep up with. Like if you can right. think of it as your flaws are doing them a favor because then mm-hmm. they don't have to feel as bad about having flaws Yeah, because everyone does. They don't you have know. to have that, that feeling of when you're swiping and you see someone who, like, all their pictures are mountain climbing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I can't. Cannot I cannot up. do that. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. No. no. I'm sorry, mountain man, but uh, I will disappoint you immediately. It's like, yeah. think about when you don't actually want to have plans with your friend mm-hmm. and then they cancel on you. And you're oh, like, yeah. thank God. Yeah. You know, it's like, no one wants to be the, one, the first one to say, I have Mm -hmm. a problem or like Mm -hmm. I am not perfect Mm -hmm. but whoever is willing to is doing the other one such a huge favor right you know and like you should just allow yourself I think to be a little like messier and like Mm -hmm. show your messiness and your cracks and your flaws and your sink full of dishes because who cares Mm -hmm. like you know if they're going to like you, they're going to like you. And they're going to like you more because of those things. Yeah. And I think part of with the nice guy, what was happening too, is you were like, yeah, okay, you like me now because you think I'm like this perfect thing. But just mm-hmm. wait till you find out. You know what? Before you find out, I'm going to get rid of you. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable feeling like right off the bat that someone really likes you because it feels like I'm on a pedestal mm-hmm. and I can't let them down. I right. can't let them know, you know, oh, I'm not you know, this, this picture that you have of me of this cool, funny, put together person is not the full picture. And yeah. And I don't want you to see the full picture because no one can see it. But by the time they see the full picture, they're already ensnared mm-hmm. by the cool, funny. So don't worry about it. Cause they're going to already be obsessed with you. And they're gonna be like, and guess what else? And then they're in too deep. They're going to have to love you anyway. I love how you think guys are just so obsessed with me. Well, they are. It sounds like they are. (laughs) But I think you should let them be because also like they know you're not perfect. And even if they don't know exactly why yet, they're attracted to something about you. And when we're attracted to someone, we're willing Mm -hmm. to forgive like so many crazy things. If you just Mm -hmm. think about probably all the horrible people you've been into that you're like on paper, there's Mm -hmm. everything wrong with you, but I like you anyway. Like, just trust that they're going to like you regardless. You know, if they like you, they're going to like you. If they're not going to like you, they're not going to like you. Like, there's not that much you can do. I think we get very caught up, too, on, like, doing or saying the right thing all the time. And it's like, 
they're going to like you. There's not much you can do to mess it up. If they're not going to like you, there's not much you can do to make them. So might as well just kind of let your free flag fly, yeah. Yeah. as it were. What yeah. do you think about... Has By the way, has, has being sober, do you think it's made it harder for you to end up on dates? Or how has that kind of affected things um, do you think you're just being a little more cautious and careful i think and i don't know if this is necessarily just being sober or just also life experience mm-hmm. and having been previously where i had a much wider net you mm-hmm. know yeah. like and then now it's like I, I kind of narrow it down a little more um and not just because of sobriety i mean that does kind of help slash hurt in the sense of you know, I do put on my dating profiles that I don't drink. Depending on the app, I think some of them maybe I say, like, I'm sober. And some mm-hmm. of them I just, where they have the check boxes, like, don't yeah. drink alcohol, yeah. don't do drugs, mm-hmm. whatever. So people know that. But it's amazing, like, how from a dating profile you can really get a sense of, is this someone who they do drink, but they're not going to mind that I don't? Or is this, like... We are a serious mismatch lifestyle-wise because they mentioned whiskey seven times, you know. So there is that. There's like there's a whole section of the population that is just no longer an option because it just would not be healthy for me, Mm -hmm. Um, and it wouldn't be healthy for them. Like it just we would just not match because drinking is a big thing in a lot of people's lives. Yeah, Um, or weed that too. Like you know that was one of my big my big problem ones, you know? So I, I actually would be more likely to date someone who is a more frequent drinker than someone who smokes weed a lot. Yeah. Oh. Cause that's the one that I'm like, can't be around it. I just can't like, if they're a casual user, fine, but just don't do it around me. But if it's somebody who like, I were to go over to their house and they have weed around all the time and they smoke every day, like it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. I just can't be with mm-hmm. someone like that. So that already cuts down the population of people that are an option Mm -hmm. to me, which kind of makes it more difficult, but that's a good thing too, that, you know, I know that that wouldn't be a healthy situation for me. Whereas, you know, before I used to go on a date with a lot of different people and kind of, like I said, cast a wider net. And now I just have a little more information about what will and won't work for my life. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of narrow it down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously everyone has their Mm -hmm. major deal breakers. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad one. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, I would encourage you because those kind of wipe out a lot of people Mm -hmm. that then you would be a little more maybe lenient in other areas Mm -hmm. just to keep your net wide for now. Just because I do think you want to get more experiences. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you are like when you're swiping if you're super picky. But I would, even though this might be bad for your sobriety, but Mm -hmm. as if you had three tequila shots, you know, you know that feeling to just not try and be so correct. Yeah. When you're doing it and to not be so careful, even if it means swiping right on 80% of the people and then looking at their alcohol situation. Mm -hmm. Just to just to give yourself a wider net overall, I think would be probably a good thing for you. Yeah, I think my swiping behavior is like I I will swipe right on quite a few people, but there's all there's like the swipe where it's like, oh, I'm interested in this person, and if we match, I'm definitely gonna message them. But then there's the other type of swipe, which is okay, maybe if we match and they message me, mm. I'll talk to them. Mm. But I'm not gonna. I'm not so excited about this person that I'm going to reach out and pursue them. I would encourage you 
to even with those people uh-huh. just for you to reach out. Okay. Cuz as I as I say all the time, I don't think you really can tell someone's personality by their profile. Mm-hmm. Some people are just bad at writing profiles, some mm-hmm. people are bad at taking pictures, mm-hmm. some people had their friends write it. People had me write it. Um, so th- to me, I'm just like, if any part of you was like, maybe, mm-hmm. then be the one to reach out and go okay. on the date. Just go on the date. It doesn't kill you. You know, like it's an hour or two of your life. Don't go out for dinner. Mm-hmm. Just do something casual, coffee, whatever. Yeah. And just go meet a bunch of people and yeah. see, you know, and, and if they're into you, give them three dates. Yeah. I think, unless you're repulsed by them. So what are your thoughts on, like, a first date for a sober person? That's a good question. Can you be in cocktail places? Yeah. I mean, I think those tend to just be a more romantic setting than a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. I personally don't like daytime dates. Mm -hmm. don't like the broad light of day on my face. I like lower lighting, Mm -hmm. booths, Mm -hmm. like being able to sit next to each other instead of across from each other. Mm -hmm. I like things like hiking or activities, but I generally like those for a second date, Mm -hmm. just because otherwise you can get friend zone-y real quick. Right. Um, And so for the first day, I do like a situation where you can be kind of sitting closer to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are coffee shops that are cuter and cuddlier. Uh, But in general, I would say, you know, they already know if they're asking you out that you don't drink. Mm-hmm. But you could tell them, like, just so you know, like, I'm okay going to a bar mm-hmm. and sitting in a booth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've been encouraging people before they go on the date to say whatever it is that would make them comfortable. So if mm-hmm. it's, hey, if you get there first, will you find us a corner booth so we don't have to sit across from each other? Mm-hmm. Or, like, can you find us a coffee shop that isn't so coffee shoppy, you know, like yeah. something like that. What do you usually do? Um, so I hate coffee shops yeah. for dates. Yeah, it's, I just think I, it's... There's maybe like three in Los Angeles that might be good for mm-hmm. dates, but mm-hmm. in general, they're all bad. Um, there's never seats. The chairs are uncomfortable. The tables are tiny. It's crowded. It's loud. I don't like it. So I actually, I like diners Ooh, for first dates. I like that. Yeah. And so I live in West Hollywood, so, and I always make them come to me. So, go to swingers? Swingers or canters. Nice. Yeah, because it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like you can just get coffee mm-hmm. if you want, or if like you want some French fries, or yeah. if you want actually a full meal. Like, yeah. you, it, there's no pressure to have a full meal together, but we could if we wanted to, or we could just have like a milkshake. Or... Do you sit in, in a booth? Yeah. Because have you ever tried sitting like you know how Swingers has that bar? Yeah. The yeah the bar. I just tools. like closer proximity mm-hmm. because I think it just immediately makes you more aware of them as like a romantic possibility than when you're like sitting across as if you could be friends right roommates yeah. co-workers yeah you know yeah i would just say to change it up a little okay maybe sit at the bar okay at either of those does canners have a bar not really like no a, like they a don't counter. and no. i have to there's the uh challenge there is i can't sit like with something that doesn't have a back on it okay like a, a stool yeah i probably could maybe now but it it like, it's so, in, after having this back issue for years, it's so ingrained in me to yeah. also think of, like, Your back. what's going to be the most comfortable place in this establishment? Yeah. So yeah. when I see things that, like, little stools that don't have a back on them, I'm already mm. like, no. No. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like you know yourself. Mm-hmm. You know your needs. You can speak them. You can tell them. That could be a really good way to just start off with, I'm not perfect. Here are my needs right mm-hmm. now. And if they can't handle it, you'll find out very quickly. Mm-hmm. And if they can, then take yes for an answer. 
you know, you told them your needs, they were accommodating, that's a good sign. That doesn't yeah. mean they're trying too hard. That doesn't mean they don't deserve you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they like you too much. You know, that's what you're looking for at this point. Because I do think you're at a phase of your life where you could start to appreciate people who treat you well and are healthy mm-hmm. more. Um, it might take some getting used to, and it might take some, like, not running or ghosting when you feel the instinct to, mm-hmm. but giving them a real shot. And yeah. bringing that into the date itself of, like, not starting off with, like, what do I think of you? Do I like you? But starting off with, like, I'm going to assume you're really cool. And mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that I'm going to like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to flirt with you and make you feel good so you feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I'm going to be more attracted to you. Mm-hmm. Because if they're comfortable, you're going to be more attracted to right. them than if yeah. you're nervous. Yeah. So let's make a plan for nice guy. Because okay. I'm going to give you homework to sure. reach back out to him. Okay. What should I say? I think you should say. So the last exchange was you saying, yes, I'm okay from my back surgery. Yeah. And he got back to me saying, and I apologize for ghosting. And he got back to me saying, you know, good to hear from you. Glad you're doing well. No hard feelings. Okay. We had a couple fun dates. No big deal. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have to, Mm because I'm not going to force you, but I would reach out and just say, hey, feel totally free to say no to this. Mm -hmm. But I would like to go on another date. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you'd be interested. Okay. Can you do that? Yeah. I Yeah. I think there's part of me that's like, I feel like I still need to be even more apologetic of no. like, listen, I promise not to be a no. dick again. You don't know? make promises because yeah. you might be a dick I again. I know. I know. So uh, say, I totally understand if you would not want to do this, mm-hmm. but I would love to go on another date with you. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you'd like to. Okay. And that's it. Okay. And then three dates. Okay. That's what you owe him. After that, you can say... I thought I'd give it another shot. Still mm-hmm. not feeling it. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to suck for him if mm-hmm. he's like super into it and thinks he's doing well. Yeah. But at least you gave him another shot, you know? Yeah. But I would say three dates and at least by the second date, try and make out. And okay. don't don't like make out in an eye rolly way of like, <laughs> ugh, get off of me. <laughs> but just try and enjoy the make out. Yeah. If you have to pretend he's an asshole who's not interested and you're forcing him to make out with you. Sure. You know? Yeah. I think that's like any guy that I've made out with since being sober. It's just not, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as fun as drunk. Yeah. Because you're you're like like, too aware. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's not this wild, blind. Just like throw it against the wall. Yeah. 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 You're like, oh, there's saliva and tongues and. Oh, why is he putting his hand on that part of my head? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's weird. Is he petting me? I think you just need to do more of it. Honestly, I think you need more dates, more experiences. I think you have to be prepared to be a different person than you were mm-hmm. and I think you have to know though it can still be silly and fun it doesn't all have to make sense and be professional yeah. you know it can be silly and fun you can make bad decisions you can fuck around with people like you can do bad things mm-hmm. bad but like mm-hmm. I think you need to give this guy another chance have a fun make out or two mm-hmm. and try not to think of it as like ew he likes me too much yeah but just try and lean in and try and be like into it yeah you know And I mean, you could even with him and with anyone, I would encourage you to be even more transparent about who you are and where you are right now. Okay. Like, don't try and act like you have it all together. Okay. Because that shuts people out Mm -hmm. and that makes it so you're not really going to connect 
right. with anyone beyond a surface level. Like right. we make each other laugh, which right. is great. But like that can build over time. So with even this guy, if you go out again, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just like at a weird place in my life. I'm really trying to consciously change some things, mm-hmm. you know, this is where I am. This is what happened. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm trying to do things differently. So like if you're along for the ride, great, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But like you can just lay it out on the table. You have nothing to lose. Okay. All right. All right. Because I think your instinct when you emailed me of like, Mm -hmm. I think I maybe am not interested in men who are interested in me. Yeah. Was correct. And I think some of that takes active. Yeah. That doesn't just change by itself. Some of it takes active like, no, I am not actually grossed out by him. Mm Mm-hmm. I am skeeved out by the idea of someone being into me, mm-hmm. but I'm not grossed out by him. And therefore, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. And just keep saying yes to it. Right. Yeah. I'm re- I do really want to, like, do things differently. Because, like, I... When he texted me that most recent time, I was actually home for my grandmother's funeral. And, like, I have a bunch of cousins. And I realized... Me and my brother are the only two who aren't married or engaged or in serious relationships. Mm. And, like, it was really, like, sad to me to think that my grandma never got to meet, like, a partner of mine, you know, Mm -hmm. like, or someone that I would end up with or something like that. And it just was really like, okay, well, clearly I'm doing something wrong. It's not just, like, I mean, it is really hard to, you know, that's part of the kind of whiplash of it too is like it's hard enough to find somebody that you go out with one time and you're still interested in and so then every step you take past that if it then doesn't work out it's more and more disappointing you know I used to get super invested in someone after the first date just Mm -hmm. because it was like so exciting to even be interested in somebody and you know because I can be kind of picky and and so then when things wouldn't work out or when they weren't into me and like it would drive me crazy like I would get crazy person wanting to like oh my god why haven't they texted me back it's been four hours you know what are they doing I wonder what they're doing like are they with somebody else you know are they just annoyed with me like I would get that craziness and yeah and so it just turned into this thing where the further I got with somebody the harder and harder it was to consider like oh okay I can get you know a few months in with somebody and it might still not work out you could get 20 years in with someone and it might still not work out so that can't be a reason yeah not to do it you know so you gotta and you just have to know too that like every breakup every person that doesn't work out is a little more information and a little bit closer to the person who will Mm -hmm. you know and still the person who will could work out for 10 years and then not or whatever so you do just kind of have to throw yourself back into it, knowing that you're going to get hurt. You're going to get disappointed. It's mm-hmm. not that fun. Mm-hmm. But there are fun parts along the way. And, you know, if you want things to be different, you do have to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And that means, like, someone who doesn't instantly spark you but is super into you mm-hmm. is worth a shot, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's also room to fuck it up again. And I think, like, getting back into it differently for you could also mean, like, you don't have to totally divorce yourself from how you were before. It's going to be different because you're not drinking or doing drugs. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be that no matter what. But you could adopt a little of that more free-spirited mindset and pull that into where you are now. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be so black and white. Right. It could, yeah. you can still, you still have that within you. That's not gone because you're mm-hmm. not drinking anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's just deciding that like dating doesn't have to only be this like serious 
thing that either it's going somewhere or it's not. Mm-hmm. It can just be like, I'm going to have some fun experiences because I'm a whole new person now. Right. And I need to learn about this person and what right. this person wants. Yeah. And this person's going to do things differently. Yeah. And so I think like challenging your own habits and like not being attracted to someone, try it out anyway. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know, make mm-hmm. out to make out at the end of the day. Yeah. As long as you're not repulsed, I say. <laughs> okay. Go forth. Okay. And you could even tell them like, look, I used to make out all the time, wasted. So this feels weird to me right now. Right. I'll probably get used to it. But right now it feels weird. Right. Like you just right. lay it out there, you yeah. know, who cares? Yeah. Like remove the filter and okay. the perfection screen and just okay. be like, I'm still a hot mess even though I'm sober. Guess right. what? Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not an automatic fix it button after no. all. And no one wants that. I'm like people want you for the fucked up person mm-hmm. that you are. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, we'll sell you on Single Crush Saturday. Okay. Your Instagram is underscore S-I-A-N-A-T-H-A-N, Shonathan. Yes, Shonathan. Yes. Shonathan. Like, Je- Shonathan. Like, Jonathan. like Jonathan. It's an old nickname. Yeah. Um, cute. Thank you. And you're great. And I'm like so excited to hear about your adventures and your journey. Thank now you. that you're going to go be a makeout bandit. <laughs> do sure, it. yeah. Do it. Okay. Or you could even text this guy and be do like. Do you want to make out right now? Just do it. Okay. I mean, I'm sober. Okay, goodbye, um, <laughs> everybody. We're going to go make out now. I know you're not into women, so this is just yeah. a freaking fallacy. Yeah. Um, but you could even text him and be like, hey, sorry, like, do you want to go on another date and, like, maybe have another make out? Like, be flirty, be silly, okay. be stupid, be a mess, okay. you know? Sure. Channel that part of you that you did like, that mm-hmm. you're missing, into the healthy part of you now. Sure. Okay. I think that's possible. I do. Okay. I will try. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. And being so open. Thanks. You're great. I can't wait to hear about everything. Thank you. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. This might seem obvious from that conversation and from me repeating myself all the time, but if someone is smart enough to like you and want to go on another date with you, go on the date. Go on three dates unless you are repulsed by them and like actually repulsed, not just repulsed at the idea of someone liking you. It can be hard once you've been single for a while to actually believe that someone would want to see you more than once and not disappear on you. And you might even ask, what's wrong with this person that they want me? No, what's right with this person? In fact, that's what you should always be looking for. What is right with this person, especially if they're smart enough to like me? This goes for men, women, non-binary, everyone. If someone is smart enough to like you, they know something and they are smart and you should give them a chance. And there's more to them than appears to the eye initially. So everyone, three date rule. Go on three dates unless looking at the person makes you vomit in your mouth. Um, and even then, you know what? It's like we, we build up tolerances to all kinds of things. So just go on the three dates if someone is smart enough to like you and stop thinking that it means something is wrong with them. It is something that is right with them because they see what is right in you. Reminder to rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Send us any comments or questions or thoughts or requests to be on the show or for private coaching with me, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to my beautiful producer, Christine Bartolucci. Thank you to Sean Mason, our guest today. There is an All My Single Friends this week. So if you're listening on Wednesday, it is tomorrow, Thursday, 8 p.m. at the Copper Still. Wonderful way to meet people in real life and come talk to me and I'll analyze your drink choice. It's a really fun party trick that I have. Uh, Oh, yeah. And thank you to our social media producer, Melissa Gruen. And thank you to all of you for listening and making dating fun.